Jesus is the exact expression of everything God wants to say. He is the exact expression. In John chapter 14, we'll turn there in a few minutes, but in verse 8 of that chapter, Philip to the Lord, he said, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices. And that's interesting. He said, if you'll just show us the Father, that's all we want. Just show us the Father, Jesus, and that's good enough for us. Here's what Jesus responded to him. He said to him, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Jesus was saying, Philip, I'm the package that you're looking for. I am everything that you want. Jesus is saying, I am the exact expression of everything that God wants to say to you. (laughs) That's pretty good. See, we're always looking for something else, but God is saying, in Jesus, he has said what he wants to say. In John chapter 1, it says, Jesus is the Word, and the Word is Jesus. In other words, Jesus is the exact expression of what God wants to say, and the Word of God, the Bible, is the exact expression expression of all that Jesus wants to say. You want to find out what God's like? Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts. You can read the rest of it, of course, too. But if you want to find out about Jesus, find out about what God wants to do in your life, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts. Find out what the Lord wants to do in your life. I'm thinking that Jesus is somewhat different than most people think he is. Now think about it, Richard. But what do we think about? Oh, you know, Pastor, he was he was just a man of sorrows. Well, he became a man of sorrows. On the same moment, he became the man of sin. The same moment, he became the man of sickness, the man of poverty, the man of curse. He became that, but that isn't the way he lived his whole life. Think about the first miracle Jesus ever did. You remember what it was? He went to a party. They called it a wedding feast in the Bible. A party where they probably had, if it would have been in our day, you know, chips and dip. In Texas, we'd have salsa and chips. And the very first miracle Jesus ever did was he made water into wine. Now, I'm just thinking that if, if Jesus is that religious Jesus that we see in the Bible, that, that we see in the church, not the Bible, but we see this religious Jesus, what does the religious Jesus do? Well, he goes and prays, and he comes, and he waves his hand, and people are miraculously saved. But Jesus, the very first miracle he ever did was he made wine from water. Jesus provided the party with the wine. He may not be the religious Jesus you think he is. Then he left there, and he went to church. He made a cord and started whipping animals. Whipping people and throwing them out. He said, you've made my house into a house of merchandise. The word merchandise there is really the word mart. He said, you've turned my house into God mart. Now Walmart, God mart. He said, you've made my house into a house of merchandise. He said, I don't want my house to have the atmosphere of the world. I want it to be different than that. You see, Jesus wasn't just, just some religious character, some sad little pathetic figure. He was a man who went to a party. He had a good time at the party. I'm thinking because he made the wine at the party, and the Bible does say wine. And he made the wine. They had the party. 
he goes and he cleans out the house of God so that it becomes what it's supposed to be. He wasn't just some little religious guy. He wasn't some sad figure. Jesus is the exact expression of everything that God wants to say. He does not want our, his house to be a house of merchandise. He wants it to be a house where God is welcomed and people are welcomed. He does not want your life to be sad. Sometimes people think, well, if I join the church, I have to join the NFL. You know, the no fun life. No, no, you, you and I, we ought to be having fun with God. It ought to be exciting to serve Him. I mean, that's who He is. Jesus is the exact expression of everything that God wanted to say. When you look at Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I mean, He was a man that was thrilled to be doing the work of God. In Mark chapter 4, it says his friends came to him. And you can look this up later. His friends came. Now, these are the kind of friends you don't want to have. They came and it said they wanted to lay hold on him because he was beside himself. They, these guys wanted to take him away, put him in a rubber room somewhere because they thought he was crazy. The phrase beside himself literally means to be excited Beyond what is mentally stable. Jesus was excited about what he was doing. He was excited about the kingdom of God. He was thrilled. Every, you know, here's, what, here's how the movies go. Jesus, you know, thy faith hath healed thee. And he kind of has this halo and walks away. No, no, here's what happened. I'm going to tell you what really happened. How do I know? I, I just told you why. Because he was excited. Your faith has healed you. And I can just see Jesus going, yes, yes, yes. Look at that, Peter. Look, she is well. She is well. Yes. What are you going to do when somebody gets healed? Oh, hallelujah. No, 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 no. We're going to be going, yes, yes. They thought Jesus was crazy. Just like they'll think you're crazy. But if I'm going to be called crazy, I want to be his kind of crazy. That's what I call crazy like a fox. <laughs> he knew what was going on. He was excited. He wasn't, he wasn't this dull Jesus. He, man, I'm telling you, he was excited about what was happening. He liked it. I mean, Jesus, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Jesus of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he healed the sick. He cast out their demons. He provided multiplication of whatever they needed because He loved people. That's the Jesus I want. He is the exact expression of all that God wants to say. This morning, whatever is lacking in your life that has been promised in the Word, it is the will of God to provide it. And the Word is the same. Jesus is the same. And God still wants to do what He's always wanted to do. Hallelujah. Man, I like that. Our condition is that we believe what He said. And obey what He tells us to do. We simply must do that. See, His exact outcome, God's pre-planned exact outcome, is determined by what I put into my life if I put the Word of God into my heart. If I take it and I read it and I meditate, the word meditate doesn't mean, you know, the, get in the lotus position and go, um. It means to mutter, to utter, to speak to yourself over and over. Talking to yourself until you believe what it says. 
standing on what the Word says. It's more than just having a Sunday-only religion. You'll never get enough Word in 20 or 30 or minutes or, in my case, an hour on Sunday morning. It takes longer than that. It takes, it takes every day becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. The problem with most Christians is they get impatient. Right? We talked about that in our, in our men's breakfast yesterday. They get impatient. They decide that it's taken God too long. That, you know, I've heard Christians say this all, all my Christian life. Oh, never pray for patience. Because you might get it. Can I tell you something? <laughs> You're not going to get it by praying for it. Prayer doesn't bring you patience. Let me read you a verse of Scripture. And you know this verse. This is every Christian's most dreaded Scripture probably. James 1, 2 and 4, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. That's why they say that. But let patience, here's what it says, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, I don't know about you, but I like that little phrase about being perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, the word doesn't mean perfect, doesn't mean flawless. It means complete. It means coming to the finish. It means having all that you're supposed to have. And the Bible says, if we'll let patience, that when it says let patience have her perfect work, it literally says employ patience. Make patience your employee. Put patience to work for you. Now the word patience does not mean to wait around for something. The word patience here literally means endurance. It means perseverance. It says, let endurance have her perfect work. Let your perseverance have her perfect work. Let me tell you what, this is, this is the West Texas vernacular of what that says. If you don't quit, you will win. That's what that says. If you will stay with it and stay with it and stay with it when every circumstance defies the Word of God, when every friend you may have defies the Word of God, if you will stay with God, stay with what He says, you will win because you employ this endurance. The word means to constantly endure without changing your expression. It's not that, oh, I'm just hanging on. That's not patience. That's complaining. Patience is staying the same, even when it's not happening, even when I can't see the result. Patience is saying, you know what, God? I believe you. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to believe what you said, and it doesn't matter how long it takes, I stay with you. <laughs> now, the devil is banking on one thing, that you're going to quit. He believes with all of his stinking little heart that you're going to give up. He doesn't think you'll do it. He thinks that if you'll just, you know how it is, people get emotionally charged and, yeah, we're going to fight the devil. And after about 48 hours when nothing happens, they kind of give up. Well, I believed God for nearly a week one time. No, you're going to have to believe Him and believe Him and believe Him no matter what else comes your way. See, we have to make a decision. What word do we believe? Do we believe the word of the circumstance or do we believe the word of God? Jesus is the same. Jesus is the expression. We must persevere. That's what God wants us to do. Amen. I had a, a, a lame joke. I'm just going to skip it today. Sorry. I know. Some of you, that's the only reason you come to church is to hear my lame joke. We're going to go back to our passage that we've been reading for several weeks from John chapter 14. If you'll turn there with me this morning, I, I want us to see something this morning. I, I believe the Lord wants to show us something really important today. He wants to show something important every day, doesn't he? 
John chapter 14, we're going to go down to verse 15, and then we're going to skip down to verse 21. We've been looking at these two verses for several, several weeks, and I don't remember exactly how many weeks it is. But I want us to see something, and then we'll move to, move to another passage here in just a moment. But the Bible here says, Jesus is speaking. And, and my, my, I, was, I grew up, in, and we heard this, read the red and do what he said. And so this is in red, so I'm going to do what he said. In verse 15, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. In verse 21, he says, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them. Now, he, here he added having them to keeping them. He, is, he it is that is love, that loveth me. He that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And so we've been talking for several weeks about having the manifestation of Jesus in our lives and having this manifestation. Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, you will do what I've said. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then later he says, if you have my commandments and keep them, that's how you know that you love me. What does loving Jesus look like? It means doing what he said. There's no indication of loving God and loving Jesus if we're not doing what Jesus tells us to do. If we're not obeying the word, if we're not, not adhering to the word, then, we don't, then we're not expressing love for him. Loving Jesus is not saying, I love you, Jesus. Even though that should come from a life filled with the love of Jesus, we should be saying, I love you, Jesus. We should spend time in worship and, and, and magnifying his wonderful name. But loving Jesus is obeying what he said. He said we must first of all have his word. The word have means to possess, to own. In other words, you have to take ownership of his word and then to keep the word means to value, to treasure, to practice. And so if I possess the Word, and I practice it, I value it, I treasure it, that's the demonstration of my love for Jesus. So we've been talking about that. We talked about Mary saying, whatever He saith unto you, do it. And we saw how that that produced the manifestation of His glory in that very first miracle that He did. So our doing it, our whatever He says, do it. I mean, that's what we're supposed to have. We read a couple of weeks ago, the apostle said that to be carnally minded, and he's talking to Christians, not talking to lost people, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. We saw that Jesus said, my words are spirit. So to be spiritually minded, one must be minded according to the word. Begin to think according to the word. We saw in Isaiah that the Bible says to forsake certain thoughts. Thoughts that don't agree with what God has said. We're to forsake those and become spiritually minded so we can have life. And peace, the word life means, is the Greek word zoe, which means to have the life quality of God. The word peace here, the Greek word is irene, but it's spoken by a Jewish guy, and so he's actually referring to the word shalom, which means nothing missing, nothing broken, completeness in every area of our lives. And so, we, to be spiritually minded. So we've got to be mindful of the things of the Spirit. We discovered that it's only by renewing our mind in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, by renewing our mind, then we can have or know and live in the perfect will of God for our lives. So if I'm going to keep the word of Jesus, if I'm going to possess it, if I'm going to own it, if I'm going to practice it, I'm going to have to renew my mind, and we've discovered that over the weeks. We renew our minds so we can do what Jesus told us to do, so we can be doers of his word. We've discovered that thinking thoughts that are contrary to the word According to Jesus, when he talked to Peter, thinking thoughts that are contrary to the words are thoughts from the devil and are according to the world system, which is not God's system. We discovered that we're going to have to set our minds 
on the things of God. And so we, we talked about all those. So it's not enough for us just to get saved and go to heaven, right? If all we were doing was getting saved so we could go to heaven, then when you got baptized, we would have held you under a little longer. Right? Because if all there was was to get born again and wait for heaven, then we're wasting our time this morning. So what needs to happen is something needs to take place inside of me so that, so that I can accomplish the Word of God, accomplish the will of God, accomplish the plan of God. See, God left the church, or Jesus left the church here, with a job to do, and our job is to be witnesses of the fact that He is alive. That means I've got to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. That means that I've got to know, I've got to have my mind renewed to the degree that I understand what His perfect will and plan is because the Bible teaches me that is, it is His purpose for me to know His will. And if I know that and I walk according to that because my mind has been renewed, I find the will of God, I'm filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, and that means I'm in the right place at the right time, releasing the right power to the right people. That's why we're here. We're not here to be like bumps on the pickle. You know, waiting for somebody to take a big bite out of it. We're here to accomplish the book of Acts in our year, in our generation. That's what the church is here for. We're not here just to die and go to heaven. Because I'm telling you, I, if that's the case, don't get saved when you're young. Just get saved when you get old. And a lot of people are thinking that, and that's why they're waiting until they're old. But there's a job to do. There's a destiny to fulfill. There's a plan that God has for every one of us. And some might say, well, yeah, but it may be too late for me. No, 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 no. If you can still wake up in the morning and breathe and put fog on the mirror, it's not too late for you. There's still that for you to do. There's still The gifts and calling of God, the Bible says, are without repentance. God didn't change His mind. God is not backing up and backing out on you. It's up to you to feel, fulfill what He called you to do. Ooh, I like that. I, I heard a song this week. Somebody was singing it. And it, it was an old song. It said about somebody got born again. He said, I looked at my hands and they looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Chances are, if when you got saved, if you had a wart on your hand, right after you got saved, you still had a wart on your hand. Chances are, if you wore size 7 shoes, when you got saved, you wore size 7 shoes after you got saved. Your hands and feet weren't new. But your spirit man was new. But there's more than just getting your spirit man new and going to heaven. There's accomplishing the will and the plan of God in the earth. And yeah, maybe you need new hands and feet, but you better get your mind renewed so you can figure out how to get that. Woohoo! Here's the thing. People get born again, addicted to drugs, and if something doesn't happen in their mind, they're still going to be addicted to drugs. And yet they just get to go to heaven when they die. You find a guy who's addicted to pornography, he might get born again, but he's still going to have a problem with pornography unless his mind is renewed. Why do you think we take alcoholics and, and drug addicts and we make them change all of their associations because we need their mind to get renewed? You've got to change the way you think. Why is it that a, a poor man can win the lottery, have millions of dollars, and five years later he's more poor than he was before? Because he's just a poor man with money is why. He doesn't spend it the right way. He doesn't invest it the right way. Because his mind wasn't renewed. Woo! You see, the people of God need to understand it's not the will of God for us just to get saved and still think like the world thinks. 
We must get born again. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then have our mind renewed to enforce the kingdom of God in our generation. Man, see, the church has thought that all we have to do is come and, you know, just, just act, act saved while we're at church. Then they don't act saved when they get out. Jesus made this statement. He said, if you continue in my word. If you continue in my word. Now the word continue means stay. Come all the time. Have it with you again and again. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciple. See, you didn't become a disciple when you got saved. You become a disciple when you continue in the word. Yeah, but I stayed saved. That's not the same as continuing in the word. I know lots of people stayed saved and lived like hell all of their lives. I'm talking about continuing the Word. He says, if you continue in my Word, then you are my disciple. Now, once you become a disciple, then you can know the truth, and the truth you know from having continued in the Word is what's going to make you free. He didn't say the truth that you knew is going to make you free. He said the truth you know. The truth you are currently having revelation of. The truth you are currently spending your time with Him in. The truth you are now living in. That's what's going to bring you freedom. Because I found out the truth one time a long time ago that if I would just ask Jesus to come into my heart, I'd be born again. I wouldn't have to go to hell. That truth made me free from hell. But I had to find out some other truths along the way to make me free from some other stuff that hell was bringing into my life. Isn't that good? So see, what has to happen is we have to get our minds renewed. We've got to change the way we think. How, do you, how, how, can, how can we continue in the Word? You read, you study, you meditate, you hang out with people who are believers, who read and study and meditate. And you come to church and be taught the Word of God. Or turn on the right preacher on TV and be taught the Word of God so you can understand what it is. Well, Pastor, I thought the Holy Spirit was our teacher. He is. But He put the teaching gift in the church so you can get the revelation from that gift and there are things he's going to teach you without church but I'll tell you he put the gift so that you could be equipped in the, in, the, in the body of Christ now I'm going to turn over to Ephesians chapter 4 if you'd like to join me there I want you to see something I, I've been trying to get to this particular few verses for about three weeks now and it just hadn't happened but today it's happening isn't that wonderful praise God Ephesians chapter 4 I'm going to start down here in verse um, 17. Ephesians 4 verse 17. Now look what this says. It says, I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth not walk as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, think about who is the Apostle Paul talking to here? Do you, do you remember? In chapter 1, the Bible says he's talking to the saints. This is not a letter written to lost people. Here the Apostle is telling Christian men and women, Christian people, he says, he's saying that you henceforth not walk as other Gentiles in the vanity of your mind. The vanity of your mind. The word vanity here means devoid of truth. Not having the truth. He said, don't act like the Gentiles do whose minds are devoid of the truth. What is the truth? 
Well, I think the truth is a Republican platform. No, sir. It could have some elements of truth, but there's only one document that's the truth. Jesus said, Thy word is truth, speaking to the Father. Pilate asked, What is truth? The truth is here. The truth is this book. A mind that is a mind of vanity is a mind that is void of the word. Isn't that good to know? Yeah, but I don't know the word. Then you need to get some vanity out of your mind. You got to fill up those empty spaces with the word. But I don't know any word. Yes, you do. Everybody in this room knows some, some word, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You got that much, right? Because everybody knows that verse. Well, what does that mean? It means if you believe in Jesus, you can be born again. It means more than that, though. It means, it says, whoever believes in him, the word perish means to lose. You don't have to lose. You don't have to be marred. You don't have to be defeated. If you know what the Bible teaches, if you come in contact and have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, it says here that our minds are void of truth if we don't know the word. We've got to recognize that God wants you and I to participate with his word. We've got to know what he said to him. It says that when, you're, when, you have, when you don't know the word, when you have vanity in your mind, then your understanding is darkened. How are we going to walk in the light if our understanding is darkened? Proverbs says, the entrance of thy word bringeth what? Light. It's the word that's going to bring us some light. We're going to have to understand that what God has said is what God means. And so the vain, a vain mind, an empty mind, a mind that is void of the truth is one that is void of the Word. That means if I'm going to have a mind that's not like that, then I've got to fill my mind up with what God said. If I don't want to be religious. <sighs> religious people. I've met lots of them over the years, by the way. I'm a pastor, remember? Religious people are often the most void of the word because they fool themselves into thinking they know what it says. They think because they've heard a verse that they're doing it. They think because they can quote a verse that they understand it. No, no, it's not enough just to know some things about the Bible. I'm talking about having the mind renewed whether your thoughts are changed so that when you're talking to people and you're giving your opinion about stuff, how about we say, you know what, here's what the Bible says. Instead of, well, I just feel like. It doesn't matter what you feel like. I found out that my feelings oftentimes, all, every day my feelings, disagree with what the Bible says. I, I, just, felt like, I just felt like they were being mean to me. Well, who cares what you feel like? You have to learn how to do this. Quit asking yourself what you feel like. Ask yourself, what does the Bible say? How did I get off on that? We've got to make sure. That we, that we, what, is, what did God say? Because what I want to, do, to have is a manifestation of Jesus in my life. It says that, that if I think like the world thinks, then I'm going to be alienated from what? The life of God. Thinking like the world equals death. Death doesn't mean annihilation. And we've talked about this over the weeks. It means separation. To think like the world is separation. To be alienated from life. To think like God, to not have this vanity of mind, to think like this is to have the life or the connection with God. To have life. That's why we can worship and we can dance and we can shout and it can be good because there's life in it. 
We connect. You know, I've never had a relationship with my wife that was built on these and thou's. Oh, honey, I lovest thou. Oh, thou art beautiful today. Let us getteth it on, honey. No, 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 no. I, that's not what a relationship is built on. I'm glad she's not in here today. We need to make sure that a relationship has life in it. And that life is built on the truth. Knowing what, he, what God has said. Having a real, genuine relationship with Him. Look what it says that, that leads to. It says, who being past feeling. In other words, they felt so much, they're way past that. Have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. To work all uncleanliness with greediness. Lasciviousness uh, is, is unrestrained, unbridled lust. You get to the place where nobody's going to stop you. You're going to have what you're feeling, is what it's saying. Because you're not thinking right. We're not thinking the right way. The mind is not being renewed. It's not happening there. I like what it says. It says says in verse 20, But you've not so learned Christ, if so be that you've heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Here's Here's how the Message Bible reads that. It says it this way. It says, And so I insist... And God backs me up on this, that you are not, that you, that there be no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd. (laughs) Think like the world is empty-headed. See, (laughs) the world says to think like the word is to be mindless, or narrow-minded as they would say. No, no, to think like the world is to be empty-headed. I'd rather have a mind and it be narrow than to be empty-headed. But our mind isn't narrow, even though the way is narrow. Because the truth is very broad, and the truth is very open, and the truth brings all kinds of life to us. See, we need to make that. The Bible here says that, you, that, that there's no light when you're thinking like the world. There's no light. Man, we have to walk in the light. Do what the Word says. We don't, don't need to be empty-headed. Look at verse 22 here. It says, That you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt, according uh, corrupt to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind now i grew up thinking that when the bible talked about the old man that it was talking about the lost man anybody ever you may have never had that thought before but i thought when it said the old man when it was talking about putting off the old man it was referring to the lost man, the one who wasn't born again. But do you know something? Every time when it talks about the old man, it's not really referring to the unborn again man. It's talking about the born again man who's acting like the world. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, church, we need to quit thinking like the world because if we're thinking like the world, we will act like the world. We are not like them. We don't have their God. We don't have their source. We don't have their system. We have God's system. And the only way to have that is to change the way you think. To be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, I don't know about you. That just excites me all the way down to my toenails. Renew. That means I can live the Christian life successfully. That means I can walk with God to the degree that He is pleased with me, that His purpose is made manifest in my life, that I'm not walking in darkness, but I'm walking in light so that I can have what He has promised me I can have. 
and I can do what He has told me I can do. But it says I must be renewed in the spirit of my mind. Here's the problem we have in churches today. Many Christians are still dead lost people. They're, they're acting like dead lost people and yet they're kept dragging that old dead person to church and waiting for Jesus to come back so they can be separated from Him. Isn't that right? They're, they're zombies. Isn't that what zombies are? They're like dead people walking around in bodies. We have Christians that are zombie Christians. They're walking around in dead, they're old, old dead people and they're alive and they're coming to church just waiting for Jesus to come back. How about we get rid of that dead guy? And the way to get rid of the dead guy is to have our mind renewed, the spirit of our mind. In other words, it's taking the time with the Word of God, taking the time with the presence of God, taking the time with the saints of God until the way we think is different. It says renewing the spirit of the mind. It's, here's what it's talking about. It's talking about learning a way to think so that the Word of God is the natural way you think. Sadly, people get born again. They get excited about Jesus. And they make it for about a month or two or three. And then you never see them again. Because they never had their mind. The spirit of their mind was not renewed. Have you, anybody here know how to drive a, a standard transmission? Well, yeah, all my kids do, man. They know. Do you remember the first time you drove that thing? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you jerking along there trying to get it to go. Why? Because your mind wasn't renewed yet. Oh, you were focused on it, man. You were doing your very best. Because I'm sitting in the front seat with them. Let out the clutch. Oh, slowly. I said slowly. I know I was trying. And they're letting it out. They're accelerating. And they're trying to make it work. And I mean they had to think Every time when you were driving that clutch, you had to think every time you put in the clutch and change the gear. You had to remember that first was here, second was here, third was there. Why they did it, I don't know. Fourth is here, fifth is up here. And you had to figure out all that stuff. And you had to think every time you got in the car for the first little while. Then after you were driving that car for a year or two, or in my case, more than two, you don't even think about it. I mean, now... I can drive that, that five-speed and I can drink a Coke, eat a hamburger, and talk on the cell phone all at the same time. Why? Because my mind has been renewed. I've done it so many times. I've, it's just, I just know exactly what to do because I've done it so many times. The only way to have your mind renewed with the Word of God is to think and to think and to think and to think, and this is not something that's automatic, it's something you must force yourself to do in the beginning. You've got to force the Word into your mind. You've got to, you, in other words, if I'm going to possess it, the scripture, when the Scripture uses the word receive, it actually is the word take. I've got to take the Word. Every time, every time somebody offends me, at first, I have to think consciously to forgive them. Okay, at first it's like... I love you. The second time, or <laughs> the 40th time, or the 140th time, it's like, I love you. Eventually, you can begin to think the right way. And they offend you, and it's like, oh, did they offend me? Because I really love them. I just can't imagine them offending me, because that's what the Bible says love acts like. 
but it's choosing on purpose to have the mind renewed. Your mind will never be renewed by accident. You've got to choose. Remember we talked about the cocoon and how that you have to be metamorphed into the person you're supposed to be. Be transformed. Be changed. Getting in a cocoon and forcing yourself to feed on the Word of God. Forcing yourself to think the Word of God. I mean, you know, there some of you in this room, you have situations that have hounded you and followed you and plagued you for years and years and years. And the Lord told me to tell you this morning, the answer is not in somebody waving their hand. The answer is not in some, some spooky words being spoken over you. The answer is when you get away from the world and every thought that contradicts the Word of God and spend some time not listening to anything else. You might need to take a three-day vacation and get all by yourself in a closet with every CD you can find or every, uh, whatever they're called when they come on the I, I, iTunes, you know what I'm talking about, podcast, get, get every one of those you can get that will teach you faith about believing against the thing the devil has told you is true. I'm telling you, you might, need, you might need to get by yourself with God and read and listen to every healing message you can find until you're thinking healing. Every, every message you can find on deliverance until you're thinking deliverance. Because when you learn to think that way, light now comes. And when the light comes, it chases away the darkness. And you can be free. I, I, I just don't have time. Well, you got time to go to the beach or to watch the Rangers on TV. How about time to be set free once and for all of this thing? See, there's deliverance here. There's deliverance here. Apart from having your mind renewed, you will be right back where you were. Except you'll be more miserable because you know it's wrong now. I don't know about you. I want to be free. I want to be free from this thing right now. But I know it can't be right now because I've got to meditate in it. I've got to believe in it. I've got to stand on the Word in it until faith arises in my heart and things change. Isn't that good? That was worth coming to church for right there. You can be free. You can be free. But pastor, I've been prayed for 30 times. You can't, you can't pray out wrong thinking. Wrong thinking has to be corrected. And the only way, I'm just going to tell you, you spent, some of us have spent 40 and 50 years learning to think the wrong way. It's going to take a few days to think the right way. Isn't that good? And the Lord told me this before, and I just and we'll be through here in just a moment. The Lord told me this: some of you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Some of you need to have a release of a prayer language, and you know it. You already know it. I'm not telling you something you don't know. And the Lord told me today is your day. And here's what we're going to do in just a moment: we're going to get up, and we're going to pray, and we're going to worship. And you, you, if that's you. I want you just to say, Lord Jesus, because the Bible says He's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. The Scripture says the Father will not give you something 
that is not his will. He's not going to give you something different than what you've asked for. You simply ask to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the Lord is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit this morning, if you'll ask. And then, there are going to be some words that are going to come, and they're going to be like, I don't know, way in the back of your head somewhere. Like, ugga, or bugga, or whatever they might be. All you need to do is obey what he says, and say them out loud. It will be the weirdest thing you've ever done in your life. Because the devil is going to be screaming at you. And he's going to be saying, you're making that up. You're making that up. You're... Just say it out loud. Because the only time the devil talks real loud is when he's lying. I found out I can tell when he's, t- when he's lying. When his lips are moving. He's always lying. He will be saying to you, you can't. It's not real. You're making it up. Some of you, you just need to say it out loud. And then all of a sudden, something's going to happen to you. There's going to be a breakthrough. And it'll be like Jesus said, the rivers of living water will flow through you. And it's going to break some stuff down. And you need that in your life. You need the power to be able to pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, if that's you, you don't have to tell anybody. There's, there's no, we're not going to embarrass anyone this morning. But if it's you, just do it. Amen? Because Jesus told us we needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's one of the steps. I love you, Jesus, so I'm going to get it today. And then when you get by yourself and you're fighting that thing, now you've got some armor to be able to pray right, speak right, confessing the solution in the Spirit. Amen?